message series, I Believe. Would someone say, I believe? I believe. Right. This has all been about faith. Now, we're going to jump into it. Let me take a moment to pray, and we're going to get in. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you, Lord, for just such a wonderful time in your presence. God, we can feel your tangible presence, Lord. Continue to move amongst us. Receive our worship, God. Receive all the glory. And God, as we're about to get into the word, Lord, and then at the end, we're going to have this extended time of worship because we want to offer you the best, Lord. And today is so special. But I pray, God, that as every person has made their way to here and they're gathering and they're listening and they're watching, Lord, I pray that you would meet them where they're at. Speak to their hearts, minister to them, strengthen them, encourage them, convict them, challenge them, and lead them in your way of everlasting, Lord. God, I pray for signs and wonders, Lord. Would you have your way? In the name of Christ Jesus, we all pray. Amen. Amen, amen. I believe. You see, this whole series has been about faith. That's what it's been about, faith. Your faith, my faith, our faith. It's been about what we'll believe God for. See, there's the things in front of us, but will we believe him to, to do the miracle, to open the door, to make the way, to do the healing, to, to do what transcends what nobody else thinks is possible, but we know that he can do it in his hands. It can happen. That healing, that salvation, those open doors, his presence, we all need it. And in that, we know that faith in and of itself is powerful. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 21, verse 22, and whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive. Whatever you ask, you'll receive. Whatever you ask, you receive. Ask, receive. Ask, receive. Comma, if you have faith. Now, this is the truth of Scripture. We ask God for, and whatever we ask Him for is contingent on our own faith, our faith, right? Not our neighbor's faith. Not our spouse's faith, not my mama's faith, not my daddy's faith, not, not my grandparents' faith, not somebody else in the church's faith. See, what I am believing God for is contingent on my own faith. I must believe. I must believe who God is. I must believe what he says about himself. And I must believe for my own situation, whatever it is, that he can do it. Someone say he can do it. Because yes, he can. Whatever the situation is, he can do it. And at the same time, be on guard against the attacks of the enemy. Because just like we've been talking about, he'll, he'll just put that little lie in there. Come on. That little lie. Oh, no, no. He can't do it. Maybe I got too much trust in God's hands. Maybe I need to pull a little bit back. Maybe I need to go back how I used to handle things. Maybe in that little diet. No, 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 no. He can't. And I get it. Some of us would like it a little bit easier. Why can't I just ask and receive? Why does my faith have to be checked? Because God wants to get the glory. Listen, let, let me break it down for you this way. Okay, this is you, okay? And you want an open door in your life, whatever that situation is, and, and you know what that is this morning. You want an open door. This is you, okay? Here's God. God wants more people to come to faith, okay? This is his heart. This is his desire. This is his plan through the church. This is what he'd like to see happen. Here's you. You want your open door and whatever situation that is that God wants to see more people come to faith. If you get your open door, your blessing, and you didn't have to have no faith, 
and, and you didn't pray, and you didn't fast, and you didn't wait on God, guess what happened? God gives no glory. No, no, through that testimony, nobody comes to faith. But man, why do I got to wait? Why do I got to pray? Why do I got to fast? Why, why do I have to believe God? Why do I got to go through this season of waiting? Why? Because in that, God is going to get the glory. Why can't I just ask and receive? God wants to get the glory. In that, somebody comes to faith. There's miracles happens. They, there was no way they were ever going to come to faith. And then God does the impossible. Are you following me this morning? Man. Well, pastor, what is faith? And then, do I just got to believe? What exactly is it? See, the book of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 tells us this. Now, faith is the confidence, right? Confident, right? I'm confident, right? You, conf you know what confidence is, right? I'm, I'm sure I believe it in what we hope for, what we desire, what we long for, and the assurance. Some of us like insurance. You grateful that you got insurance? The assurance about what we don't see. I don't see it yet, but I believe it. It hasn't even come to pass. I can't even touch it yet. I can't even visit it yet. I can't window shop it yet. Come on, somebody. But I believe that the Lord has it for me. I believe that God wants to do it in my life. I, 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 I believe that this is what he has. See, this is what I want to tell you this morning. This is what I want to tell you. My blessing is in believing that God can do it and desiring that he get all the glory for it. That's what your blessing is. Because what's that? That's genuine faith. That's real faith. And God's checking hearts. He's, he's checking hearts. Ah, do you want it for the right reasons? What's really the motive behind that? God's checking hearts. He's looking for, for genuine faith. Genuine faith wants God to get the glory. Now, today is Palm Sunday, right? Today is Palm Sunday. As you believe God, as you put your faith in Him, it should lead you to an action of adoration. Right? Worship. Right? As you believe God, it should lead you to worship. To declare who he is. He is your God. He is your father. He is your king. So we worship him. And this morning we take a look at a moment where we see a group of people who watched God do miracles. Who experienced them for themselves. They put their faith in Jesus. And then they show up to worship him as he rides into Jerusalem for the Passover celebration. We call this moment the triumphal entry, and we see it in all four Gospels. And this morning, we're going to take a look at this moment in the book of Matthew, chapter 21, verses 1 through 11. And so you're ready here. You can follow along with our message notes, uh, you know, in the, in the app, up on the screen. You could listen. This is what it says. It says, as they, who's they? This is Jesus and his disciples approached Jerusalem. Why are they going to Jerusalem? For the Passover celebration, right? This went all the way back to God freeing them from Egypt and Moses and freeing them from Egypt and the angel of death and what the, God, the miracles that God did with the Egyptians and how he saved all the Hebrew people. It's such a big thing. We should still celebrate this today. It's, 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 it's so special. And so Jesus is riding into Jerusalem to go worship God with the rest of the Jewish people. So as they approached Jerusalem and came to Beth Age on the Mount of Olives, and here they are on the mountain, they're going to write in, it says this, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you, 
And at once you'll find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. Verse 3. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. Verse 4. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Who's the prophet? This is Zechariah. Zechariah prophesies this nearly 500 years before Jesus is going to have this moment. 500 years. He says these things. It's recorded. And he actually says this. Write this down. He says this in Zechariah 9.9. Zechariah 9.9. Now, in my research, I came across a couple of other passages that I felt were like the same prophetic word for this moment. The second one is Genesis 49 verses 10 and 11. Write that down. I want you to go back and do your own research. We're not going to look at that passage today, but you watch how that plays a part in the triumphal entry. Genesis 49 verses 10 through 11. The last one is Isaiah chapter 40 verse 9. These three passages, and you'll watch the triumphal entry come alive. Now, this is what Zechariah says in Zechariah 9, 9. Verse 5. Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. 500 years before, now Jesus is doing it. Now, the interesting part about this is that Jesus is riding in on a donkey. When he comes back, he's going to come on a white horse. And so you think about this, from the humbleness to the conqueror, he's about to show up, right? From, from coming to save us from our sin, to take us home, right? To, to, from donkey to white horse, to pay the price for our sin, to defeat the enemy. It's, it's really incredible. Verse 6, the disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. Now, now we're about to get into verse 8, and we're going to see the last of the few verses here. And this is really the focus of where we're going at this morning, and I just want you to pay special attention. Verse 8. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Now, this was a huge sign of declaring victory and the king coming. Now, we see this in 2 Kings and also in one of the Jewish manuscripts in the book of Maccabees. And you see this thing that was done historically with the Jewish when they were declaring who, who, who was coming, the conqueror was coming. And so it says this in verse 9, the crowds that went ahead of them because some crowds went ahead and some followed. Now, this is important in understanding where we're going this morning. The crowds that went ahead of him, Jesus, and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Verse 10, when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? Right, The city is asking. Now, who answers the question? The crowds. And this morning, our focus is the crowds. Why are they worshiping with such great passion? Where does this worship come from? The crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Such a special moment in history, history period. Why were they worshiping? See, it was prophesied that it would happen, so it's going to happen. But why did it happen? Where did these people come from? And why were they worshiping? Which leads us to this morning. Where does our worship come from, you and I? Where does that come from? Where does our worship come from, from the... From, 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 from us, and we give it to God. Or maybe that's all new to you. And worship, what's that about? What, is, what does that mean? Why should I begin doing that? Where does my worship come from? There's really just one point that I want to share with you this morning, and I'm going gonna, 
I'm going to break it down, and then we're going to have just this extended time of worship that I've asked Pastor Justin to prepare because I, this is just such a special moment. So where does my worship come from? Number one, number one, it comes from my gratitude to his hand in my life. It comes from my gratitude, and this is such a big deal, folks. Church, this is such a big deal. See, my worship comes from my gratitude, my thanksgiving. I'm grateful for what he's done in my life. Listen, if, if, if God has done anything in your life, say amen. amen. Man, if, 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 if he's ever done anything in your life, say amen. amen. And you too, type amen. Somebody better be over there typing amen. At least my wife, our baby, our little baby was not feeling too well, so she stayed home. So I know you're there, Amor. I love you. All right. See, from my pain, come on, somebody, we got some stuff, to my victory, there's only one who sees me through, and that's King Jesus. Someone say King Jesus. That's right. Now, here's the truth. I want you to check this. Here's the truth. My pain produces some of the best worship. My pain produces powerful worship because it comes from the depths. See, when I can't hold on to anything else in life, when I can't hold on to nothing because it just is just falling around, uh, around me, it's falling apart. When I have no choice but to trust God from those ugly places, those dark nights, those tough conversations, those difficult realities, in those moments comes some of the best, most powerful worship. Because he's all I got. And I'm reminded that he's all I need. And it's in those places that I grab a hold of God the best. I'm able to cling to him and hold on to him. Because life has just just hit me. It's uppercutted me. And I'm struggling. And I'm being overwhelmed. and, And I don't like what I see. And I don't like what I feel. And I need to hold on to the Lord. I need to hold on to him. You know, what I'm ministering in other countries, I, I see some of the most amazing miracles happened, and it really, it's really profound. It really blows me away. It's just, it's, it's why. why. Why do I see it, when, when I'm, especially when I'm out there? Because these folks have no other hope. That's it. They got one. See, we got all these options. Like, I could do this, I could do that, I could go to, I could do this, I could do this. Let me Google it, right? And, and they got no other option. They're one option. God's about to do it. So this faith is so active and just like, boom, a miracle took place. How did the, whoa, 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 like that, like that, believing God will do it. And these miracles lead them to do one thing, express their gratitude with great passion. And that's why we're here this morning, to express our gratitude with great passion passion you see the people were praising jesus with palm branches this is what they're doing because of what he's done listen the bible says this in psalms 100 verse 4 enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise give thanks to him bless his name no matter what's happened no matter what you're going through what you're feeling right now what's happened yesterday what what you woke up with this morning what you know is coming ahead you know it you know it's there it's 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 on its way you're going to be dealing with it soon no matter what it is we enter his gates with with thanksgiving 
We enter his courts with praise. We give thanks to him and we bless his name. And there's so much for each of us to be thankful for. Like, I know that sometimes some things in our life can be so overwhelming. We'd like for them to be completely different, but at the same time, there's so much to be thankful for. Just, just look all around. I know each of us can say it. God is good. And it doesn't mean that life isn't tough, but man, oh man, is he good. And when you walk so close with him, you know it. The closer you walk, you're like, God, there's no way. I, I, I never want to be apart from you. And God is, is faithful. He is faithful to see us through. You know, the Bible reminds us in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13, it says this, if we are faithless, hey, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. This is who he is. So when you're walking with him, he's faithful. And when you choose to take a turn, he's still there. He's still, he ain't gone nowhere. He ain't stopped walking with you. He, 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 ain't, he ain't stopped on the path. You got off the path, but he's still there. And so when you choose to get back on the path, guess where? He didn't say, oh, man, well, I, I had to go do something else because you were out. No, he's still on the path. He's still waiting for you. He's still faithful. He cannot deny himself. This is who he is. No matter how long the season has been, no matter how dark you feel it was, there he is. There He's, he's right there. He's, oh, okay, my child, let's go. Let's do this. And he walks hand in hand with us. His love is tremendous. If you ever felt like you don't fit anywhere else, I'll tell you where you fit, in the arms of God. He's got a place for you. He's always there. And when we choose to believe him, we see him move mountains in our lives. And if you pay close enough attention, you can see God's hand in your life. You can see where he protected you. You can see where he provided for you. You can see where he opened a door. And everybody else is like, nah, they don't deserve those open doors. And God's like, nah, that's my child. I got them. I got them. That, you, know, that, you know what? That's my daughter. That's my princess. You better watch out. I'll open up any door that I want to open for her, God says. That's, that's my son. I got him. Watch out. These are my children. I, I'll do it. And you've been healed, and you've been restored, and you've been forgiven. And this should all produce the best worship in us. That we would give it to him because he's done it in our lives. You see, just prior to riding into Jerusalem on the donkey, Jesus had been busy doing ministry all over. And what I mean busy, Jesus had been busy. Prior to this triumphal entry, Jesus had been, he, he had been working and working. And the disciples are just going with him and, 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 and all kinds of things. He's working. He was, he was busy. And one of these particular moments prior to the triumphal entry, he heals 10 people with leprosy. And, 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 and I want you to see, because I, I want you to see where this crowd comes from, and that's really where I'm trying to take you this morning. Where is this crowd coming from, and why are they worshiping the way that they're worshiping? And so here's this, in, in Luke chapter 17, and we're going to look at verses 11 through 19, it says this. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, why is he going to Jerusalem? For the Passover. Okay, he's on his way. This is where you're going to see part of where the crowd is coming from. This is one part of many where we see the crowd following him. It says this, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. Verse 12. 
as he was going into a village, ten men had leprosy. Ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance. Why at a distance? Because leprosy was a very serious disease. I've, I've been to some leprosy camps and how it is, and it's closed off from the rest of the community with huge walls. This is they stood at a distance, verse 13, and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master. You know what master is in the Hebrew? It's Adonai. The Hebrew word, Adonai. They are declaring that he is master of everything. I want you to see this. These people, at this point, they are declaring who he is. If he's the master, see what he is, he's the Christ. And they're following to declare who he is. This is, this is so important. Jesus, master, Adonai, have pity on us. Verse 14, when he saw them, he said, Look, 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 you got to see this. Go show yourselves to the priests. He didn't say, um, okay, you know what? Healed. Boom. He didn't, he didn't, look, you need to see this. Go show yourselves to the priests. What do you mean? Oh, Jesus didn't say we were healed. We should just stay here. And so many times we're like that. We, we get stuck in the situation. And I, I just, I don't even know how to activate my faith. I don't know how, what to do next. But Jesus tells them, go show yourself to the priests. And as they went, someone say as they went. Amen. See, they didn't find healing because they stood still. They, had, they found healing because they took one step. Come on, somebody. Come on. One foot after the other. Believe in God. See, when your faith is active, you're trusting God, right? I'm believing. I'm, believe, I'm taking steps. God didn't heal them because they stood still and did nothing with it. When God tells you, you move. You trust him. You follow him. You obey him, right? You dwell in his presence. You worship his name. And so you move. You move. Come on, somebody. And then it says this. They were cleansed. And then verse 15, check this out, check this out. One of them, when he saw he was healed, he came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And the Bible says that he was a Samaritan. I'll explain that in a moment. But you see, some of you, what you are missing is you haven't thrown yourself at the feet of Jesus. It's been a while, hasn't it? But you throw yourself at the feet of Jesus. That's what you're missing. He is your Adonai, your master. This is who he is. In verse 17, it says this. Jesus asked, we're not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Right, because he's Samaritan. He's partly Jewish, not completely. So they looked at them a little bit different. Verse 19, then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Come on, somebody. Nine out of ten may not get it. Nine out of ten may not understand, but you do. Nine out of ten may not worship him and give him the glory that he deserves, but you will. Nine out of ten may not, may, may, may not know what to do. Nine out of ten may not believe. But one out of ten, come on, somebody. You are the one out of ten this morning. You are the one out of ten. We are the ones that will praise the Lord. We ain't going to wait for the rocks to cry out. 
we're going to give God the glory. So we praise Him. Unashamed to come before the Lord in worship. Because His hand is all over my life. I can look from top to bottom, all the way around, the front and back, every area of my life. I can see how He did it in my yesterday, in my today, and I believe He's going to do it in my tomorrow. Come on, somebody. Give God glory. Give God glory. Listen, where did these crowds come from? They're coming from this moment, but like I said, Jesus had been so busy prior to this moment of the triumphal entry. I want you to see this slide here, and I also put it in your message notes. But Jesus heals these men with leprosy in Luke 17, verses 11 through 19. There it is. He had also healed a blind beggar in Luke 18, 35. This is all on his way to Jerusalem. Jesus brings Zacchaeus to faith in Luke 19, verses 1 through 10. And that was a big deal because of who Zacchaeus was. Two blind men's eyes were healed in Matthew 20, verses 29 through 34. Jesus brings Lazarus back to life in John eleven thirty eight through 44. All of these moments as Jesus and his disciples are on his way to Jerusalem for the Passover celebration. All of these miracles, all of these witnesses, all of these people who were touched by God, all of these people who came to faith and they're moving and they're following and they're going and they're praising and they're worshiping and they're declaring Adonai, they're declaring Master, they're calling him the Christ, they're saying Hosanna to the son of David and they knew that the son of David is where the Messiah was going to come from and they're declaring who he is. I want you to see the crowd after Lazarus was raised to life. Look at this in John chapter 12, verses 17 through 19. It says this, Now the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. Right? This is where these crowds are coming from. They're spreading the word. Many people, because he had heard that he had performed this sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, see, this is getting us nowhere. Look at how the whole world has gone after him. All of this pri pr uh, prior to the triumphal entry. See, the crowds had been ministered to. Many healings took place. Many people believed for the first time. Many, many salvations took place. You see, as I mature in my faith, you know, I'm, I, there's so much to be thankful for. I, I, I understand and I, I'm grateful and I, you know, I can express that gratitude. And at the same time, I can express worship for what God does for my neighbor. See, God did it in my brother's life. So I know he's going to do it in mine. Right, that's my faith being active. I'm not like, oh, my God did it in my brother, man. He ain't going to do it in me. Why not? Man, it must be because of that type of plaid shirt he's got on. Like, it, it's, I want you to see. I want you to believe your faith has got to be elevated. You need to be able to worship. Listen, God's going to do it in your life, but you've got to also praise him for what he's doing in your neighbor's life. Because if he did it in their life, yours is coming. Yours is coming. See, these crowds showed up on Palm Sunday to shout Hosanna, to worship God. They saw God at work, and they were ready to shout it from the rooftops. 
and we have the opportunity to give God our best. And look around. There are miracles all over this room. There are miracles. Your life is a testimony to God's faithfulness. You know, just recently, God did something in my family's life, and it was like as if he did it for me. Like, it, it happened there, and it wasn't exactly me, but it was me. And it hit me in such a way that I couldn't just help but just worship. I just laid out. I was crying. You, you, you just, you didn't want to see me, and you did want to see me. It was one of those moments where I was just, I was just laid out. God, you did it, God. I desired, I prayed, I fast. Come on, something, buddy. And I cried out to the Lord, and I thanked him over and over as I saw God do miracles in my, in my family's life. Gratitude is a special kind of worship. And today I just want to close with a little bit of extra time of worship, and I've asked Pastor Justin to prepare. But this is the challenge. I'm going to pray. We're going to worship, and let's just, just enjoy, okay? Here's the challenge. Here it is. Let me read it to you. Here, here it is. Remove any excuse why not to worship. Because you know what? That worship time, all of a sudden, oh, I feel like, oh, you know what? Maybe I should go stretch. Maybe I should go outside and do some. Maybe because uh, maybe this is the perfect time to go get in line at, uh, uh, what's that buffet place you like? Remove any excuse why not to worship right now because he has so, we have so much to be thankful for. Number one. Number two, this week publicly thank God and invite someone to Easter Sunday because it could change their life forever. There's the challenge. Take the challenge personally. Let that be your challenge. Let's take a moment to pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your word. We thank you that it's alive. We thank you, Lord, as your sons and daughters, as your church, as your children. We can enjoy your presence, Lord. Move amongst us, Lord. Move amongst us, Father. We thank you for your love, Father. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in each and every one of us. And we want to express our gratitude our thanksgiving. We want to shout it from the rooftops. There is so much, God. And I know that some days are heavier than others and it feels like it hit us, Lord. But Lord, when we look, we have everything to thank you for. So Father, we love you, Lord. Maybe there's...